0: Welcome to Somebody You Love, or The Sale of Two Titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land from which we are recording today, which is the land of the Ngunnawal people. It is beautiful here, but it is hot. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land, and sovereignty was never ceded.
1: We would also like to acknowledge our privilege within the industry and that a large proportion of the industry does not experience the same amount of privilege that we do as white cis workers. Is there anything else that we have that's privileged? A lot of things. I
0: mean, yeah, there are other things. I mean, there's a
1: lot of things that we have that are, that are privileged. Um, I feel
0: like we're straight passing. Straight passing. Definitely. Yeah. Like me with my marriage, yeah. that's very yeah, straight yeah. passing.
1: And, uh, yeah, and a lot of people do it a lot harder than us and cannot relate to a lot of the things that we say but are, are also um,
0: – Oh, and we're incredibly attractive.
1: We, we are.
0: So that's a that's, that's a, a privilege. massive
1: privilege, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I, I consider myself – I'm part-time attractive. It's, at, you know – Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's something I have to put effort I don't into. See, I
0: can't switch it off. No, you've mm. just it's just always happening. Mm.
1: But, yeah, there are a lot of people out there that face uh, a lot more challenges than we do and we don't speak on behalf of those people. And, um, yeah, we, we acknowledge that.
0: I shouldn't joke about that. We do genuinely mean it. It's something that I feel like oh, sometimes our listeners might be like, "Oh my god, you say this every time," but mm. it's so fucking important, and it continues to be relevant. So, of
1: course, it does. As
0: much as we have a laugh, we mean it.
1: Yeah, it is important for us to recognise that uh, there are workers out there that face much tougher challenges that we do than we do. Sorry, and um, that are faced with with really horrible consequences for some of the things that we discuss quite lightly in our episodes mm. and some of the things that we don't discuss on the show that we've experienced or that it might be a little bit more traumatic, um, you know, that we've been through. Are horrible for us, but people go through worse. I, I don't know how to articulate that in a way that isn't really confronting. But, yeah, it's it's an industry which, which a lot of people face challenges and particularly those that have intersecting marginalisation. Um, you know, they face many iterations of that of that stigma and discrimination and that that fucking sucks and it can be dangerous yes so, it
0: does yeah you need to get the fuck rid of it so
1: every time you listen and you hear us do that little disclaimer and you think oh here they go again i guess <laughs> uh yeah just keeping in mind that we we want to say well like shit we're really lucky that's the bottom line and um you know we, we're here to broaden your mind but also there is a lot more that goes on out there and and uh, we don't speak for everyone
0: In today's episode, we are talking about being dangerous in the bedroom and not in the sexy tramp stamp way of Holly's. That That's didn't- not a tramp
1: stamp. It's a butt stamp. Yeah, oh, on your stamp. bum? It's yeah, a butt stamp. Yeah, you yeah. did the tramp stamp. Yeah,
0: I've got the tramp stamp.
1: Oh, <laughs> very edgy. I went straight on the butt cheek.
0: Oh, this is why you're a high class uh, escort. High
1: class. Only on the
0: butt for it's you. Butt. Yeah. But in the way where things have gone wrong and people have gotten injured and ill. And these are the things that happen sometimes when you've got multiple bodies being slammed against each other and, you mm, know, mm. Things, things go wrong sometimes. Well said. So we're just going to tell you a bunch of stories, basically. Take it away, Holly.
1: So on a nice winter's night in about 2018 or 2019, uh, I was having a romantic evening with a, a long-term lover at that stage. And he was on top, I believe. Yes, he was on top.
0: Hmm. And I think that's important to the story, well, isn't it? To the yes, story. yes. Yeah.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I'm just not framing the story well because I don't remember the prelude. I just remember <laughs> us going at it and me looking up at whatever point. And he looked down into my, into my beautiful, you know, feline eyes. And he was like, oh, shit. And I was like, what? And he goes, oh, shit, I'm bleeding (laughs) on you. I was like, what? And I didn't realize. And I sort of, yeah, I guess it was just dripping so heavily that I couldn't actually sort of see it. Anyway, yeah, he had a blood nose all over my face. (laughs) Nothing had happened. I guess just mid-sex. The nose had started bleeding. It was dripping all over me. And uh, I didn't feel it, I guess, because it was like body temperature. And I was having sex which yeah, was great yeah, in the and, moment. Uh, and he was quite horrified and quite embarrassed by it but I was like yeah, no, so that's
0: weird. such a horror movie moment when one person like looks at the other person in horror and yeah. the other person's like what's so happened gonna- and they've got blood all over them and the, the first person's been shot or something yes, you know like yes, so that yes. moment He's of, like ah, uh, yeah. and, falls down on and you're <laughs> like what's wrong babe and you've just got blood <laughs> pouring off you
1: yeah he was like really like fuck I'm so sorry and I was like dude don't worry about it it's like you know and it, we've sort of made Mentioned before you know with sex and blood you need to be careful with these yeah. sorts of things we don't want to have we don't want to be transferring blood to each we'll other we mixing up our bloodstreams as much as we can no. it's not something that's practiced in safe sex or safer sex mm. so yeah you try not to do that but although yeah. some people do involve blood that's in fine their sex, that's fine yeah but, but uh, general as a general rule try not to yeah so that was that was a, a mishap that was you know relatively entertaining <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I I was fine. I just mopped it up and we kept going. Yeah, yeah all the, that's times. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, a face full of
0: blood. I'm surprised, given I have a husband who has a propensity for bloody noses. Does he? The, he not, d- I've never had that happen.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm glad. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but too. speaking of blood, I do have a blood story. Oh,
1: tell me a blood story.
0: And this is the story that I have been teasing for our listeners. Ugh. I mean, I've told it publicly before anyway, but I think we mentioned it in the first episode it has been mentioned. Mm. Um, and this was the great Darwin trip of 2019. So I did my first ever trip to Darwin and, On the first day, I think I had two clients and the second one was somebody that I had actually seen a couple of times before, I think, because they used to live near me and then they had actually moved up to Darwin. So whenever I go to a place for the first time, it's always a bit daunting because I'm seeing a bunch of people I've never met before. So it was really nice to know that I had this person who I, I had seen before and who is one of the loveliest people literally in the world. Such a lovely guy. So we had this booking together and I can't remember if we had done it before or not, um, but he wanted to give fisting a go, fisting my vagina. And I was like, yeah, sure, Um, because it's something that I had done a number of times before. And, look, it's always the kind of thing where I say it's never a guarantee. Sometimes it's just not going to happen. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, we're a bit sore there. We might get three or four fingers and I go, no, that's not going to happen today, buddy. But, um, but I thought, yeah, no, like, like, let's go for it. Let's give it a go. And especially with somebody I like, and I'm into, I, you know, I, I can really quite enjoy that. So we are, we're doing it. We didn't get, um, oh, I really need visuals for this. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, watching. I'm putting yeah. my hands around my yeah. wrist. <laughs> we, we didn't even get to the, um, to the knuckles basically. And then there was this sudden like shot of pain went through my pussy. I think I screamed out. He obviously pulled his hand out straight away and I kind of collapsed onto the side and was like, ah, like something's happened. And basically I had a tear in my vagina. And I think a lot of people who have vaginas might be familiar with the term like micro tears. Mm. A lot of us get micro tears in different ways on our body and whatever. And so this was the first time I had seen a, a tear. The micro part was not there. This was a tear. And I think when you tell this story in, in broad strokes, people have this assumption that we were having really rough sex and that, you know, a, a guy was being really brutal with me and then he hurt me. And I just, it, it could not be more different. Like from my experience with any kind of fisting stuff or any kind of extreme exertions, like it is so rarely rough. The idea, like I think, when people hear fisting, they think of somebody like with their hand in a fist, like punching, punching, yeah. Punching. yeah. yeah. And from my experience, it's much more of a, a very slow process mm. to get it in there in the first place, mm. and there's not even always an in-out motion afterwards. Sometimes once it gets in there, yeah, just it's just in, in there. there. Yeah. It just sits there. Yeah. So it's really not the – I mean, look, sometimes it is in porn. It's quite violent. I don't know how the fuck they're doing that, but that has never been my experience with it. And it, I find it quite romantic because it involves a lot of communication and a lot of feeling it out and adjusting, and then we go to the next stage and all of that. This client is, as I said, one of the loveliest people I have ever met – was so gentle. Did not do anything wrong. It just, uh, you know, and as I've had bigger than that in me before. People push babies out, you know. It didn't it didn't go too far. It just happened. I don't know. Bodies, you know. Bodies are weird, and something was in the wrong spot or whatever, and I got a tear.
1: Must have been horribly
0: painful. It was very painful, but do you know what? Briefly painful, like. Mm. At that moment was at, like I, I screamed, like it, it, that was a really painful moment. But I kind of liken it to when I got my nipple pierced mm. because that was like, Oh, fuck me, that's painful. Yeah.
1: And then it kind of went away. Mm. Like, it But was, then you need you know, to leave it alone because that's exactly. the thing. Yeah, whenever I've had like micro tears with my mm. pussy, like a particularly vigorous session, mm. I'm like, Yeah, but I can't be touched there for like no. a couple of days. Like it's got to heal. Like. That's the thing, it's got to it heal. It's not actively painful, but if you put anything no. there, it's going to
0: be. You know. I would say for like 24 hours afterwards, I could feel it. Luckily. Like I was, I was aware of mm. it, and a couple of times when I weed, it stung, which mm. I thought was confusing, given the anatomy. But as we've covered on the mm. show, I'm not great with anatomy, so yeah, you're not great with. I was a bit confu- No, I'm not good at any of those things really. So I was a bit confused about that. <laughs>
1: Are you peeing upside down? <laughs>
0: Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows what I was doing?
1: <laughs> you should sit on the toilet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and standing on it.
0: The handy thing was, this client is actually a doctor. And I was, like, I was like, look, while you're down there, can you give me some first aid, you know? And he had a little bit of a look and he was like, yeah, look, there's a tear. I was like, would you mind taking some photos for me? And like, yes, I still have the photos. And yes, I still think they're amazing.
1: And you've never shown me. I've never showed you. You haven't. I've showed
0: so many people. You must show me. I've showed so many people that have not wanted to see yeah, it. And I, I haven't see. shown you. I
1: know.
0: Okay. Well, I will in a minute. Ugh, please. Anyway, sorry. So. God, this has been a longer story than it needed to be. No,
1: I love it. But the viewers will be listeners. Listeners, they'll be
0: cheering. Okay, my mum won't.
1: (laughs) You could probably say that for most broken vagina moments. Yeah, no, true,
0: true. God, it's tough to be her. She's she's tough. Yeah, she's a tough woman. Yeah. The whole thing that was the worst part about all of this was that I was in fucking Darwin, Mm. and like, I don't want to be a hater, but I'm going to be because I don't know how many of our listeners have been to Darwin, but to give you an idea, like this city, which I, I mean, I don't think it has any business calling itself a city, let alone a capital city, but to give you an idea of this city, I was staying in the quote-unquote CBD, you know, I was staying in the middle of the quote-unquote city, and um, I arrived And I took this video outside of my hotel room. I went out onto the balcony. I took a video down the road in the middle of the city at 5 p.m. on a weekday, and there wasn't a single car. Like, what? That's not a city. Anyway, so then I was like, right, so I'm in Darwin. I've got another day and a half until Mm -hmm. my flight home. I've got a broken fucking pussy, and I'm a whore in Darwin. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? I decided I'd suss out the um, the shops in Darwin. Like I was like, oh, well, I'll go shopping. I'm in a city, right? I walked down this mall and then I'd reach the end of it and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's done. And my pussy kind of hurts. And I was like, I could go swimming with crocodiles, but that's probably not good with blood coming out of me, yeah. is it? That can't be good. <laughs> Just smash open the purse space. <laughs> think- also, I'm a, yeah, I'm a scaredy cat and I wouldn't have wanted to do that anyway, yeah. I don't think. Well, I can't swim. And it, I'm a scaredy cat.
1: I don't think you need to swim in those. They put you in the
0: do I think it's preferable.
1: Probably. You're probably I
0: right. I think it's always a good idea yeah. to be able to swim probably. if you're going to be jumping into water. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, you're right. Okay. But actually, a friend came and like, picked me up and rescued me, and so that was wonderful. But yeah, I just thought, my God, I have come to Darwin, and the only reason I was here was to use my vagina, and I've broken it. And you know It was just this real Like I feel like There's a country song In that The whore in Darwin With a broken vagina You know There's something yeah. to It's very poetic It is Yeah yeah. But, um, as I said, about 24 hours I could feel it. I reckon within three, four days I couldn't see the tear anymore. Like it had it had healed. Mm. It's very moist, I guess. It's like a tongue, right? They do, yeah. They, they healed, healed up. They heal yeah. quite well. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know,
1: people have babies and they tear yeah. it off. I'm not saying that heals overnight, but, like, they, they're quite adept at healing down yeah, there. It's yeah, yeah, they're good at that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's why so many people are horrified by that story. And, first of all, a lot of those people have given birth. So, like, you want to talk about horrifying <laughs> vagina situations. Jesus. <laughs> human child out yeah of one. That's,
1: yeah that's or get it cut
0: out of your stomach either way oh, horrific intense yeah but uh but it actually like it genuinely wasn't that bad as mm. i said that mo- that one minute of pain was unpleasant the being stuck in the middle of nowhere with a bleeding vag unpleasant mm. and that was it like it really wasn't that wasn't that big a deal but i haven't been fisted since because so. i was like mm, I'm a- there's, a li- there's a little bit of trauma there yeah. i would say
1: yeah it's really interesting that you should. Uh, Discuss that misconception that people have about fisting or about damage that happens to pussies and that it must be something quite violent to, to cause that because listeners will be familiar with me mentioning I have a client that I had to get a restraining order on a couple of years ago and he used to just say the weirdest shit to me. But I remember once, in fact, we'll have to give him a name.
0: Um, What's the oh, yes. name will we give him? We should start naming yeah, people. Give him
1: like a code name. Um, Mr.
0: Love has, we have a few names for my clients. Yeah, Yeah. Probably like, shouldn't say those on there, should no, I? I no, I'll be careful. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hideous. Oh, Mr. Nice. No, that's not one I'm trying to make <laughs> up. <laughs> They're not like not nice names. There's like t-shirt guy, hotel room guy. Mm.
1: There are a couple of them. <laughs> Look, for now, we're just going to call him restraining order guy
0: because it works. But which one? <laughs>
1: Well, thankfully awesome. I've only Holly's got restraining the one order restraining order my guy. restraining order. We've guy. each yeah, got one. We've each got one.
0: Every hooker has got uh, one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah and, and and one day I had to cancel a booking with him and maybe more than once, but I had to quit cancel a booking because I'd had a session the day before or mm. or that day, which had been quite damaging to me in one way or another, and I was sore mm. and I was unable mm. to work. And he'd send back me messages like, Oh, it must have been something really And I was like, it doesn't have to be. Sometimes no. you just have you know, maybe a little not enough lube here, or you, they just yeah. go for you know an, a couple of minutes too long, or yeah. you've done it in a weird position, or for that day you're just
0: a little bit drier than mm. usual, like human. Or bodies. even something gentle over a long period of time, it literally, and then you don't notice it's happening, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've got like a rash, I'm really sore, like it's yeah. Scared.
1: It can be literally anything and it's not a big deal. And it's not like at the time you're like, ah, I've split something. It Mm, doesn't always have mm, to be that traumatic. It can just be, you finished having sex. It was great sex. And then you sort of go, oh, I'm tender. And I'm probably shouldn't put anything in there for a day or two while it heals. Okay. Mm. But, uh, you know, this person was always had conspiracy theories. Like Mm. sometimes one time I double, I'm going to go on a quick tangent. One time I double booked, like I genuinely, someone had inquired. It was a regular for one date and he'd, you know, and I'd told them both I was available, and then the date got closer, and I went, ah, oh, fuck. And I don't often do that, but I, I was disorganized this week. And he was like, oh, you've just chosen a higher booking. Someone offered more money, and so you've cancelled. Mm. I was like, I don't do that. I think that would be. I don't yeah. know if I, if that's how I treated all of my bookings by just canceling the existing one. When I got a higher offer, I would lose all of my regular business. Like that's just the most stupid. Anyway, this person yeah, has it's
0: not sensible at all. Conspiracy theory.
1: extraordinaire. So I have this like conception that I've been doing these really horrible graphic things mm. to my pussy. And I was yeah. like, sometimes just sex can damage a pussy it's just yeah pussies
0: well that's be. the whole point of this episode sometimes bodies are fragile
1: sometimes and sex can just be dangerous Can <laughs> be. uh so speaking of, of those dangers uh it's not just us who who has to worry sometimes mm-hmm. our clients get themselves into mm-hmm. danger as well I I feel like I've told I've told this story so many times that I feel like I've told it on the show, and and Jenna guarantees me I haven't. So I'm I'll, sure I'll, you haven't. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. So um, I had my octogenarian client, and for those who aren't sure of what a word means, means he, he's in his 80s and we were at a hotel for this booking and we uh he wanted a golden shower so we popped him into the shower there was no bath in this room popped him on the floor in the shower i did golden shower on him and then he went to stand up but he couldn't he had a little bit of trouble getting up off the floor hmm. so to facilitate you know his uh ascension <laughs> he he grabbed the towel rail and most towel rails are not, you know, securely bolted onto the studs of the house. No, they're just to hold a towel, (laughs) aren't they? Yeah. So as he applied his weight to it, it snapped off the wall. He hit the floor so hard. Like (gasps) so hard. And I was like (gasps) And I just watched him and I thought, like, how bad is this? And he was like oh he was like, No, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I was like, All right, shit. And I actually booked, had booked the hotel in my name. So I was like, mm, fuck, like have broken the fucking tower." Oh yeah. <laughs> Am I going to be in trouble for this? And like once we got past that, he was uninjured.
0: I still to this day, I don't know how bruised he was. I bet you he had a horrible yeah. bruise. It's pretty, pretty bad. Someone in their eighties falling Hitting, in a bathroom. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's really. a, that may not be a survival, survivable incident. It
1: could be like a broken hip. Like yeah, that's, yeah, oh. it was pretty bad. And, um, anyway, so I called down to the, to the reception desk and I was like, oh, hey, um, I, I've had an incident. I was in the shower and I slipped. And when I slipped, I grabbed the towel mm, rail and it snapped mm. off. And oh, and I tried to make it sound no, like good. I had this incident. Yeah. And the girl behind the desk was terrified. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry for well, They would have be been worried about a lawsuit. We could... yeah. <laughs> they were so worried. They're like, please, please, is there anything? And I was like, no, I was just really worried that you'd be upset that I broke the towel <laughs> rail. And they were like, no, don't worry at all. And I was like, yeah, cool, good. Mm. Uh, so there you go. We, uh, you know, cleaned everything up and, and left and... um. Yeah, never heard anything more about mm. the tower rail, and, and he's he's fine. He's still kicking. He's still getting up to a fuckload of mischief as, <laughs> as he approaches 85. So, Well,
0: yeah, I don't know much about work health and safety, but I feel like it seems reasonable to assume that in a slippery room that anything that could be load-bearing should be load-bearing. I feel like, like – I kind of think there's something in that.
1: I feel like in a hotel it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. Because you might have – and I know they have, you know, like uh, – Ambulant rooms, rooms, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, but I feel like most rooms should be ca-
0: somewhat have a capacity mm. for people. Of, and the, the story you made up of slipping in the shower and grabbing something it, is pretty reasonable. Happen. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I have a story where nobody did actually get injured, but I have, so I have this client who brings, um, well, he has a very large penis and so he needs like the biggest size of condoms which can't like they're you can't they don't sell them in shops and stuff which is just i mean that is a whole rant i can go on and i stock them but not every sex worker will always have them so as a result he always brings them with him so he just has his little like sex baggie which has those large condoms and he uses cock rings so it has cock rings and condoms in it and this is like i've got this issue with men listen up men i've got an issue with you (laughs) which is I don't know why I feel like so many men are really like opposed to buying like bags and they just put their belongings in plastic bags. I can't, I can't believe how many men I've seen come to my house and bring a little baggie for like toiletries or even just a toothbrush and toothpaste or whatever, something like that to freshen up whatever. And it's in like a sandwich bag, a Ziploc bag or something. I'm like, get a real bag. Why are you, why have you got a plastic bag for? And I know like, I feel like it's so mean of me. I feel really bad because there are so many clients, like we've heard so many clients who are so worried about being judged for things, right? And they're so worried about how we perceive them. And I feel so mean because it's not something that they like, I don't give a shit if you've put on weight. I don't give a shit if you've if you've done a bad job of shaving but or if you've got you some ingrowns. Dare have the wrong bag. But this fucking plastic bag bullshit. And so they can't <laughs> know that I'm gonna judge them for that really weird little minor thing. <laughs> But I just, it, every time I see them, and this is, I have complimented men as well. I've had clients come in with like a bag with their belongings in it. And I've been like, ooh, toiletries bag. That's nice. And they probably think I'm so cool. Yes. But I'm like, no, because you are an adult man. You have got You have gone, I have some things that need to go into a bag. I'm going to go out and purchase a bag. Rather than getting a bag for sandwiches. Like it's for sandwiches. It's mm. not, look, I don't think it's that big a deal. Oh, I think I've got a real issue with yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I can see that.
0: And also I'm so sorry to the client that I'm about to tell this story about because they do listen to this podcast and it's fine. You can keep up with your plastic bag. I've never brought this up to you before. Uh, and now you're going to be like, oh, my God, she's been hating my plastic bag. It's fine. <laughs> it just makes me dry up and I have to apply lube. Like it's fine. Anyway, so long story short. It's actually a really short story that I've made really long by going <laughs> short, on a rant. Short story long. It's a really, yeah, short story long. Has this little baggie. And now it's really common for hookers to have candles in their rooms, right? One, because, well, I'm, I always have a candle going because one, I'm paranoid that my sex room smells like a sex room. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, when you're in your own house, you get used to your own stink. You don't know cause you don't okay. smell anything. But I but, almost
1: always have a candle going. As yeah.
0: Well. It's yeah. yeah. You're worried about what, yeah. So the stink, um, and also it's like a bit of atmosphere, it's a bit of vibe, mm. it's a little flicker of a flame, it's hot, you know. It feels romantic. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so he puts his little baggie down next to the candle, and we're going at it, and then there's the smell of burning plastic. And his little, uh, his little, you know, there's a fire on the bedside table. There's still, like, black on there from where it is, which is, I mean, that doesn't matter, it wasn't an expensive bedside table. And, yeah, his little baggie had gone up in flames. And actually, like, the good thing was... I was able to go and get, you know, a fucking sandwich bag out of the kitchen to replace it, right? Mm. And if he had, like, a proper bag, then it would have been ruined. Mm. So I guess I've, I've lost my own argument. Mm. haven't i mm.
1: but the reason it caught fire was because it was a plastic one that sort of yeah flop, flopped that's true it, right? the flopping yeah, yeah there you yeah. go no Whereas if it was again. like a nice solid yeah, yeah. Little bag. thanks for
0: winning my argument Look, for me again i can twist it. it was amusing at the time we were like
1: oh shit <laughs> yeah well uh yeah speaking of fire um which is always a really difficult thing for me because i can't smell mm. so i have no idea when things are burning unless i can see it or feel it
0: <laughs> essentially it's a part of your body which it is on fire
1: very too yeah. late by then so yeah which is like incredibly dangerous uh it's a reason why i don't like gas appliances and so on during the bushfires what was that two years ago three years ago now?
0: which ones oh fuck. the most recent ones the most recent yeah. ones that were Couple just years on ago. the edge of canberra yeah i think it was two years ago It was just at the start of covid um just on the edge of canberra they're also on you know the entire oh, eastern side of the country they
1: were but particularly yes. at that point canberra nearly burnt down because a defense helicopter put its light on the grass oh it, really yeah it burnt like oh, half of the act that's a fuck up someone's a, lost their they're job they're doing an inquest into Ooh. oh
0: oh good girl. i will read that we'll won't we read of it good.
1: yeah <laughs> so so during that time obviously there was a lot of smoke in the air that's when we all started to begin wearing N95 masks because of the smoke inhalation. Remember that? That was mm-hmm. our first experience of a panic buy. Yeah. You couldn't go to the hardware stores. They yeah. were sold out of these, these yeah. masks. And uh, and I was still doing bookings at the time because I was nowhere near the actual fires, but it was just really smoky in Canberra. So one day I had a client over and we had a booking. And at some point during the booking, I thought, God, the house is full of a lot of smoke. Like, And I, at that time I was living in a house which was undeniably falling apart around my ears. Anyone who ever visited me, at that house would know it was very run down. And so like anything that was outside was going to be inside. So the house was really smoky and I just thought it was bushfire smoke and continued with the booking. And maybe if I had a sense of smell, that would have been different Mm -hmm. because maybe I would have smelt the plastic that was burning.
0: Mm, It is a different smell. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I saw my client for hours. The booking was four or five hours. Maybe they left And the house was so smoky, and I had a really bad headache. Mm. And I was like, "You were poisoned! I was fully poisoned." (laughs) And I went to the kitchen to get something at some point, and I looked past the oven, and I realized what had happened. One of my many cats had jumped on the stove and knocked the mop over, which was near one of the dials I guess knocked the dial on and at that point I had still had not learnt to cook because I learnt during I learnt to cook during the first lockdown in Canberra for COVID so I never used the oven I had not used the oven in the five years I'd lived there at that point or four or five years so I uh I used to just keep things on yeah just bags especially Woolworths bags I had all these plastic bags sitting on there and so the cat had knocked on the stovetop and smoldering for hours with these Mm. plastic bags and they were all melted to the cooktop and i had just been breathing in this plastic smoke for hours and the house was filled with it and
0: so was your client and your client didn't say anything didn't notice it no yeah right
1: yeah i know well maybe they did notice and they just didn't say they're trying to be
0: polite or something yeah. I thought, God, this woman's like, house is yeah <laughs>
1: plastic uh, like oh it's just a candle like that's <laughs> my favorite scent uh so yeah yeah so like had something else been fallen on that stove or who knows or i'd gone to bed and not realised. Mm. who knows what could have happened but yeah uh, and the smoke alarm didn't oh Maybe I'd taken the battery out of the, <laughs> no, because of the bushfires. Oh, because yeah, it was yeah, going to okay. go... I, now okay. that I think All about right. it, yeah. it was, it was yeah, going to be going off. Yeah, okay. So, Good point. yeah.
0: so uh, <laughs> but
1: yeah, thinking about the smoke alarm didn't go off. Yeah, because, no,
0: I mean, I've had smoke alarms go off at the toaster. Oh, like, me too. they're pretty, yeah, yeah. They
1: can be sensitive. So, there you go. So, uh, yeah, this near-death experience, potentially.
0: I have a, a short story, though I probably said that about the last two, and they were not. This was years ago. I can barely remember. It must have been pretty early on in my (laughs) career. And I, it was a client I'd never seen before, came in and we'd been going for like five, 10 minutes, not very long at all. I, he was standing up, like we hadn't even got into the bed. I was giving him a blowjob. I was on my knees and I started, I just got this like wave of illness over me. Like I started feeling really ill and like i was either going to vomit or it was going to come out my bum like it was one of those moments where i was like oh something's not right something wants to eject itself from my body <laughs> and i was and i was really like hot and flushed and you know i just it was just yeah really yuck so i excused myself and the, the bathroom was j- just right like a meter away from where we were so i said i'm oh, sorry i just got to go to the bathroom went in there sat on the toilet for a second splashed water on my chest on my on my throat like trying to cool myself down and i I still, I don't even remember what, what came of it, but obviously I just, I was not well. And so I came back out of the bathroom and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm feeling really sick. Uh, like I just, you might I, I need to end it there. Like I'll, I'll give you all your money back. The money was like still sitting there on the bedside table right next to us. Like I was like, take it, you know, take it all. And this guy was like, oh, oh, are you sure? Like, can you not just finish or like, you know, and I was like, like I have empathy for his situation, you know. Like I understand you've gotten all excited, and we, we had gotten, you know, we'd gotten started and all that. And you've and I think he was like, "Oh, I've driven all this way," you know. And I was like, "No, look, I I get that that sucks. I totally get that. But something's about to come out of me, you know." <laughs> and I just thought, where? Like, first of all, where is your empathy? And second of all, do you want to be ejaculating into my mouth while I've got diarrhea, or <laughs> after? Like, what you know? Like, it's not. It's not going to end well for either of us, babe. And I just, I, yeah, I mean, it was a real thinking with your dick situation, which I understand at that point in time, his dick was full of blood. And I get that that's a thing, but I was like, as if you don't like, you might, you, you can be as pissed off as you like, but as if you don't, pretend to be worried about the other person yes. you know
1: yeah like and, and i
0: was getting i'd already sucked his dick for 10 minutes yeah, you were getting nothing i was getting anyways. nothing you were
1: going to give him all the money back yeah. and like you know it wasn't because you
0: were like oh i'm, I'm over this <laughs> like, yeah. <see> ya. Well, <laughs> like, at that point it would have been much easier for me to finish to finish it and take yeah. that money
1: you were like no dude like but, this is serious like yeah. I, i'm like not gonna kick you out after i've sucked your dick For zero money if I was not going to
0: shit myself. No. mm. No. And I can't remember. Like, I don't know if anything came of it. I don't think Mm. I was sick or – like, I I mean, I I probably, yeah, went and did some really, you know, really unpleasant poos or something. I don't know if it was a bug or what. But regardless – It wasn't a good time and this is what, you know, their bodies, sometimes they just don't work. Well, I told you last week I was with a client. We went
1: uh, and had some adventures at the bowling alley and at the arcade and we were leaving. I was going to take him back to his hotel to drop him back there and we were driving out of the car park. I literally had just reversed the car out and accelerated maybe like, I don't know, like 10 or 20 meters and I went, oh, Oh no, no. I was like, this is really embarrassing, but I have to like park the car quickly and go inside because I, I just have to go to the toilet. Like, I, I don't know if, yep. I don't know. And he was like, like, cool. Like it's fine. And I was like, Oh, and i just just, this sweat, the sweat. Erupted. Yep. the sweat and my yep. body, my tummy went, Ugh. and I was like, Oh no. And I was like, I don't know how, like, I don't know. And so I jumped out of the car and I ran back into the building and I went, Oh fuck, I forgot my mask. Oh, and no. I was like, Oh <gasps> shit. So, but I'm like, there's no time. Oh, so no. I just ran through the foyer and it, like the entry was at a cinema. So then I'm like, are they going to let me through? Cause I've got to go up into the toilets. And I was like, I'm not going to ask. So I didn't even look for the stuff; I just ran straight past them up towards the yeah. toilets and I ran in and, um, the rest was history. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was a glamorous time. Anyway, <laughs> same, I, caught, I splashed my face with water and all that sort of stuff. And I went back and I was like, I am so sorry. That was really ungraceful. And he was like, that's what everyone loves about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, true. it's true. It's true. Thanks. All right. I can, I can, I can, I don't know if I can top it. Yeah, I can top it. I yeah. reckon. Yeah. Okay. So I was on tour and my second last client of the day, I'd had a lot of anal sex with. So things were loosey-goosey. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Not like, I mean, you know, not gaping wide open, but I guess to, to some room it, had been made. Breathing through your ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, More
0: cavernous. There was no echo. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't like that. And at that time I've had, I mean, I've just got, we've all got digestive issues, don't yeah, we? But yeah. I worked out I had gallstones and all, you know, that's all, well, no, it hasn't really been sorted now. That's created a whole other set of problems. But regardless, I had some di- digestive issues and my client after that one, we didn't have anal sex. We just had vaginal. We had a great time. It was really lovely and everything. And then as they were having their shower and getting ready to leave, I felt like, all oh, things are going, Oh, something's happening, you know? And, um, and normally I book a place with two bedrooms and two bathrooms. And in this place, I hadn't. Sometimes I'll compromise on the extra bathroom. So he was in the shower and I was like, well, I can't just go in and unleash whatever this oh, is while wow. he's showering. right?" Yeah. Um, so I just like, held it in. But at the aforementioned loosening had happened. So then what up? He came out of the shower and we're heading towards the door. And, oh, my God, this is the – so the place is carpeted. But for whatever reason, there's like a square around the door that's tiled. And thank God that Square is there, because as like we were having this good chat, and it was a really good chat. And I was trying to get him out because I like it's. I was like, it's got. Wait, we're going. Like,
1: <laughs> oh my God, this is so bad. I can't believe you're telling this story. I'm like, if this was me, I would never tell anyone. Well, this is the first time I'm telling. It. It's like poojogger stories,
0: I like they they go to the oh, grave. Yeah, with me. they
1: do. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs>
0: So I'm saying, I'm. Oh, this is so. It gets worse. This is so embarrassing. I'm like, and this isn't even dangerous. This is like we've gone on a, ta- a poo tangent. Like,
1: <laughs> we've our, got our listeners poo. are like, oh, we yeah, it, we listened for other things, and you just talk
0: about poo, all, talk the about <laughs> poo all the time. <laughs> we have had poo on our brains today, and that's a story for another episode. <laughs> As I'm like saying goodbye and finishing up the conversation, it starts coming out. I am like, don't you fucking break eye contact with me. Like, do not look down. <laughs> you know? I didn't say anything, but that's what oh my, my brain, God. I was like, oh, it just starts coming out. And it was like, there was no, there was no controlling it. Like it was just coming out my, down my legs. Anyway, <laughs> I finally, I'm like, I've really got to get, you. I've really got to let you go, push him out the door, close the door behind him. And then I could not, like at that point, move. then the gates opened, yeah. you know. Yeah. And thankfully, I was standing on that tiled section and not on carpet. And I just, like,
1: shagged.
0: <laughs> oh. And I think the client was none the wiser and just thought he'd had a lovely, sexy time. And little did he know, I was standing behind the door. Just just pooping. Pooping. You were just pooping. pooping in front of him. Like I was <laughs> pooping in <front> of
1: him. <laughs> Oh, my God. Mortifying. No one's ever gonna book me again. (laughs) I
0: mean mean, uh, But the like yes, I don't know why I'm telling the story, but I do know I'm telling the story, and it's because this shit happens. I know shit happens very funny. It does.
1: We've had discussions with other workers in the industry who have mentioned that they get have tummy issues somewhere in the booking and you go, oh god.
0: I don't think Um. there are many workers who don't have at least one poo story. (gasps) Oh,
1: We've got, um, we've got to make that a guest yeah. segment. <laughs>
0: then, come on, tell us your poo story. Everyone's so please gone. keep booking me. Others have that problem too.
1: I'm seriously, this has got to be an anonymous segment. I'm going to be like, send me your yes. anonymous, and we will anonymously read out. Let's do
0: it. Your, That's great. Your
1: poop stories.
0: Okay, well, let's cut mine from this episode and we'll add mine to the anonymous story. <laughs> the viewers will love it but i will love it no i'm keen for that that's great yeah (laughs) send your worst most embarrassing shit yeah shit yeah okay anyway (laughs) moving on back to the topic
1: So um, in an incident not involving my bowels, uh, as many of my clients will know, I am often running late for bookings because, I don't know, I'm disorganized, I'm a procrastinator, I love to sleep in, there's so many reasons, Um, but particularly if you've been a client for a while, I'm like, meh. (laughs) (laughs) they'll let me get away with my bullshit and you do. And I love you guys for this sweet pussy. So nice of you. Yeah. You're (laughs) like, it's okay. If you still have to finish your makeup when I arrive, whatever. Um, they're really all very tactful about it. But this day and particularly my other house, it was the worst because my clients had to walk through the house. And often I had to be like vacuuming up all the animal mess. And, and this house is still not quite as bad. The other house was just chaos. Anyway, I digress. So on this day I had done my makeup and I had everything ready and I was giving the house a quick cursory vacuum before the client arrived and I put the vacuum down. I went to go and do something else. And as I came back through the house, I just wasn't looking and I just walked straight into the vacuum cleaner and my foot smashed it so hard and my whole body shuddered. Like I just felt that pain where you just, you feel yeah. like a, like a visceral, like shut, like all your cells die a little bit. Like, mm. oh God. And I was like, deep breaths. I was doing a few deep breaths and I was like, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. It just like stubbed your toe. It's Okay. And then I looked down and my toe was black. Like it was just black and the toe next to it was like purpley black. And I was like, Oh fuck. And I was like, it's okay. I'll do the booking. So the client turned up and I was like, Hey, I think I fucked my toe, but it's okay. We'll do the booking. And he was lovely. And we, we had that session and, um, I sort of just didn't do anything about it. And so for about two weeks later, it was still painful. And I was like, this is really fucked. So I went to the doctor and they did an x-ray and they were like, get this you've fractured your toe and it's like a little (laughs) like a a shard of the the bone which is like just Floating in the middle of your toe. Oh,
0: good. No, but there's like nothing we can do for a broken oh, toe, right? Like, right? So they're just
1: like you just like good luck. It'll, be, it'll heal oh. as much as it can, and that's. Uh, I
0: broke my finger once, and they gave me like a splint. A splint,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, they don't really do it for toes. Yeah. I mean, they I guess <laughs> mm. and uh, and that was it. They were like, "Well, good luck." And they said, "You know, if it's really causing you issues down the track, you can look into you know surgery." And yeah, then, that's right. often okay. worse than the initial injury. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Yep. But yeah, so I did a booking with a broken toe.
0: <laughs> several
1: bookings, I suppose. Yeah, but literally right after I broke my toe. Oh. And, um, yeah. and several times while I owned that vacuum cleaner, I walked into it. I don't know what it is. You know how they say like like it's one of those survival things where like people don't look above eye level. So if you want to hide from people, hide in a tree. Like it's this oh, thing. Yeah. Or if
0: you want to poo in front of them, just poo downwards.
1: Poo's just straight down <laughs> your leg and maintain eye contact. Yeah, it's in all the survival books that I've ever read. So, you know, and and, uh, and that's, I don't know. So that's some psychological thing there where I just never looked down and saw oh I'm just an idiot and I just kept smashing my toe into this fucking vacuum cleaner and every time it made me so angry I don't think I broke my toe again though so
0: yeah so dangerous business do you miss the free and affordable ads and social networks without all of the anti-sex rhetoric
1: Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community.
0: Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Trist.link and switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. And both are free to join and open to all. You can find both of our profiles on Trist, and I love how it is so clearly designed by sex workers.
1: Yep, and I love how straightforward and easy it is to use and how much they clearly support the sex working community.
0: And also how responsive they are when it comes to feedback and customer service.
1: Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info.
0: It's time for Shit People Say. Mr. What shall I call him? Mr. Man. Mr. Man sent me an email on the 20th of July saying, Hey, you still an escort? And I said, yep. And that was the end of that exchange. And then
1: he just wanted to check,
0: just checking. Just. Yeah. Okay. Four months later, I got an email from this, from Mr. Man saying any reasonably priced escorts in the blue mountains X. And I said, "What aside from me, and he said, ha-ha, you're beautiful, but I'm looking more at the $150 an hour mark. And I responded with a link to the nearest brothel. And he responded, thanks, X. Then four days after that, I got, hey, Jen, I wonder if there's much demand for male escort servicing uh, women.
1: Fuck off.
0: <laughs> Could be a fun way to raise a few dollars, winky emoji.
1: What does everyone think? That they would be good at this job. I do. Like, yeah. yeah. Again, I'm sure a lot of people might be, but it's so different when you want to be a male escort for women. There's yeah. so much more to it.
0: My response was nope. Then a month after that, I got hey desirable. Wait, sorry. First of all, the subject line. The rest of them hadn't had subject lines, but this one, the subject line was banging buddy, and the body of it said hey desirable. Let me know when you are. Prices are cheaper. He said, let me know when your prices are cheaper. And I responded, hey, undesirable, let me know when you can afford me. And he said, ha, ha, I adore the attitude, love heart eyes. You never know, when I become an accountant, I could very well become a regular, winky face emoji. Oh, that sold
1: me. Oh, God, please.
0: But the best part is, when I was scrolling through these messages, to see if I could find something to deliver for shit people say this week, I discovered that I've seen this person as a client. Mm. He has booked me multiple times and I've just been being such a cunt to him and I didn't even realize. Yeah, it turns out actually he has booked me and paid. He's paid my older rates, which are – um, $100 cheaper than they are now, but they're still not $150 no. an hour. Like, they're, you know. That's a very, you, you know, we're not
1: ever going to, like, price shame or, or be elitist in any of this, but that's a very affordable... Like, $150 an hour, you will find oh, yeah. very few escorts who will charge that. Well, not that's yeah, private, very few. Very, very few. And, and even at a brothel. At a brothel. Yeah. Well, yeah, $150 an hour is incredibly yeah. cheap. Yeah. So that's just ridiculous that yeah. you would just <laughs> casually,
0: like... Yeah. yeah, I just think it's hilarious that I was being so... Yeah, I hey, My responses were so rude. <laughs> Savage. Because so. I usually respond like that when somebody's... Like, I thought he was a troll. I thought he was trying to rile me up mm. and try, you know. But he's actually a client. Well, he's probably not a client anymore.
1: <laughs> Good. I mean, he's not a client for $150. Well, you know, no. I mean. yeah. Our question of the week this week is from one of our beloved patrons. They ask... Do either of you have regular individual female clients? If so, what is the proportion between your regular female and male clientele? In listening to your pod and other sex worker podcasts, the default gender being discussed always seems to be men. And I'm wondering if this is a reflection of the escort industry.
0: So, yeah, I know this patron is a female client Mm -hmm. of female escorts. And yeah, bit of a tricky one. Do either of you have regular individual female clients? Yes, I would say that I have two regulars who are solo female clients and over the course of working I think I've only had four different solo females book me Mm. if I'm not forgetting anyone maybe five so in terms of the proportion in my case very very skewed towards men And that, you know, we make, we, we really do try to, to not always talk about clients as being men and as sex workers as being women, but from our personal experience, the the men for me far outweigh the women. That being said, I do see a lot of couples and I have a lot of regular couples and generally in my experience um, in hetero couples between a man and a woman, it has been the woman who does the organizing and who does all of the you know, sort of suggest, Oh, let's do another booking with Jenna or whatever. That's the, that's the perception that I get. And I've built up a good relationship with the women in So I I do feel, yeah, a connection and a regularity with the women in, in those situations. But I understand that's not what's being asked. Yeah. Sadly, I've only, I've only got two. Mm. I would like many more. Please come to me. Thank you. Yeah. Look, I've only had myself a handful during Mm. my
1: whole career of, of female clients solo. And, uh, and I don't have any regular female clients anymore. One of them, you know, the ones that I did have moved on to a relationship. Um, and the other one I I believe has moved out of Canberra. So I I would love more female clients. Mm. I think for a long time I was really intimidated by the idea of solo female clients because I felt like penis owners are very easy to please. Whereas vulva owners are more complex in my experience and, and, uh, the, that orgasm can be a bit more work but um I feel like that also was a misconception on my own part because I found that those clients uh, I seem to go fine with them like I seem to have a really great time with my mm. female clients and I find that the the sex is really passionate and honest and just mm. happens it's really mm. natural and great uh yeah I would love more I don't market towards women I think that's a big part of it I don't know if a lot of women know that I'm available and very keen for that I actually did have two women booked just before all the lockdowns and the COVID flare up all started again. And, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, they sort of, sometimes they book and then, and then that all happens and they get cold feet. They go, I'll put it off for a few more years. Yeah. And again, I've had a few couples bookings. I don't do couples bookings anymore because I find them really daunting. I find the dynamic intimidating and, and stressful for myself. It's, uh, can be quite overwhelming, but I've always found the same dynamic that it's the women driving that, and that the dynamic with them is really cool and, and awesome and and fun and the man just sort of participates in absolute awe of his beautiful wife. And it's really cool. It's a great dynamic, but yeah, like female clients would be 0.001%. Like if I had to do a percentage, it would be incredibly small. Every year I sort of do my statistics. I'm a sucker for some stats and just to track where my business is going and stuff. And, you know, I see, I, I would say, I'm happy to put it out on the podcast, probably 50 distinct clients in a year. And uh, I'm lucky if one of those clients is, is a female
0: mm. each um, each calendar year. So actually speaking of statistics, maybe Holly and I lo- were sitting here together, mm. doing them together because mm. that's how cool we are. Mm. And um, I worked out that one of my regular female clients is in my top eight spending clients of the year. So that's something. That's Good a honor. Really Thank you. Committed. Thanks for the pussy and for the dollars. It's great, Love isn't that. it? Love that. Yeah. Good combo. Yeah. But whether, so whether it's a reflection of the escort industry, that's a lot harder to say because I think one, what something that's important, as you said, marketing, like mm. I really try to put out there that I want pussy, but, you know, we're both very femme presenting, aren't we? But as I said yeah. at the beginning of the episode, we're pretty, like, we look like your standard straight girl, even though yeah. we're not.
1: yeah. But then I also think of people like, like Petra Fox, who I know has a great reputation Mm. as a provider for women and who I gather is is quite successful in that realm and has quite a few female clients. Um, and and, you know, she's very fem, but I suppose she's got that.
0: Yeah, but she's strong. We don't look strong.
1: No. Okay. We're like, (laughs) well, we're not, you don't think lesbians like, like weak.
0: No, no, not – sorry, not that, that women won't be attracted to us, but that women may not look at us and immediately think, yeah, they're going to want to see women. Hmm. It's maybe. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, completely speculating. Uh, yeah, again, I, yeah. this is
1: something that, yeah, I probably haven't reflected on and uh, maybe it would be nice to yeah. try and work on in my marketing going forward. Uh, like I
0: know I've got, you know, I've got a lot of friends in the industry who have – You have hairy armpits, you have, you know, short or shaved hair or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that they're signals. I mean, it's coding, right? They're, they're things that say, I am up for the pussy. Mm. And I feel like you and I visually at first glance Mm. potentially have less of those.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Maybe. Interesting. Maybe that's, yeah. So that is a reflection of maybe just our unique circumstances and Mm, maybe there are other workers yeah, who have those, those codings that, 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 Mm. that, uh, give those signals to people who who are booked more. So yeah, we can't speak as usual on behalf of the rest of the industry. So I don't know whether it's a reflection. Mm. I would say generally that most sex workers are seeing men
0: in in really basic terms.
1: I would say that's just how it is, but uh, Mm. yeah, the intricacies of it would be very interesting. Yeah. Mm. And
0: I, but I think then the question as to why that is, is pretty big. It's a societal thing. Yeah, exactly. It's not a case of that women yeah. don't desire sex as much right. or that, you know, it's, it's like it's, yeah. there's obviously a lot to it. Yeah. And yeah. I think a big part of it is this constant narrative that men are the clients and women are the workers. Yeah. And so a lot of women who may, you know, consider doing that just aren't thinking mm. about it because it's not the narrative that they've seen.
1: Mm.
0: And I think that, that could, that itself could be a factor. Mm. So that's why we do try, we do try to you know change that narrative and always say that you know clients yeah. are not always men and we've both had non-binary clients as well yeah. and and yeah. we
1: really would like to get a collection of female clients on here to have a chat about what they look for yes. in, in in who they book but uh it's it's quite hard to get people who are comfortable talking about those sorts of things and, uh, and putting themselves out there so yeah uh, yeah hopefully something we can explore in in more depth down the track but a very interesting question Thank you to our excellent patrons. As always, we appreciate your support. Our even more generous somebodies are Timmy, Andrew, Adam Smith, Lachlan, Sub London, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Leslie, Scott Watson, Andrew, our secret admirer, Margaret, Wheezy, Ellen, Liam, Fritz, your tits, Catherine, Mr. E and Scott C.
0: And our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron. Andrew, Pete, Amanda Valentina, Sienna Saint, Brino, Adam Moore, Nick, Wombat, Josh, and Theodore Betts, the first Esquire. Thanks so much for tuning in again. We'll see you next time. Well, we won't see you. You might hear us. You'll hear us us next time. (laughs) You'll hear us next time, pals. (laughs) Bye. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker.